Welcome to We Hear Her. I am Erin Trenbeth Murray. And I am Jennifer Bean. We're here today with another amazing woman who's sharing her story and insights to lessons learned. Hi, I'm Erin Trenbeth Murray, and welcome to the We Hear Her podcast for Women Who Succeed. I'm here today with Ruchi Watson, who's become a fast friend of mine this year. I feel like I've known her 10 years, but really it's been like six months. But she is quite a dynamite uh, woman and has a really interesting background. So Ruchi is currently faculty member at the Department of Entrepreneurship and Strategy at the University of Utah. She also serves as the co-chair for the university's Presidential Commission on the Status of Women, chair of the Policy Committee for the Utah Women in Higher Education Network, and founding chair of the University of Utah's chapter of that network. In 2021, Ruchi was honored as Utah Business 30 Women to Watch and um, has spent 10 years in the corporate sector with Fortune 500 companies. Ruchi graduated from the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign with a BS in Chemical Engineering and earned her MBA from Northwestern University. Plus, she holds a doctorate from University of Pennsylvania. So you can see, um, poor Ruchi's kind of an underachiever and we had to let her come in today, but in all sincerity, I'm so happy. Ruchi, thanks for being here today. Thanks so much, Erin, excited to be here. I know, I love just chatting with you. I get to talk to you all the time, but in this format, it's even, it's gonna be more fun. It's fun, yeah. So why don't we start with telling um, and let's back up the truck a little bit and your first generation to the States. And let's talk a little bit about your family and what brought you here. Yeah, well, my family, both of my parents were the first ones to, to come here from India. So interestingly, my dad came here for grad school and moved to Iowa City, Iowa, went to the mm. University of Iowa, super cold. So I don't envy my dad coming from India and right. having to navigate <laughs> That's Iowa where he chose. winter. I just got to um, pick a spot on the map. Yeah. And then he actually, my parents had an arranged marriage and not, not from birth, but it was sort of like dating these days. They got to kind of go out, meet people, see if they wanted to get married. And so they met each other and, and decided to get married. So once they did, my mom came over and they ended up settling in Springfield, Illinois, which is where I grew up. And my dad worked for the state of Illinois. So that's why we were in Springfield and I loved it. It was sort of, I feel like, I don't know if there's a traditional upbringing, but it felt like a traditional upbringing, but we also had a really vibrant Indian community. Mm. And so while I felt like, you know, I was going to school and playing kickball and on the playground and whatever, then almost every weekend we would spend having dinners and evenings with a really close knit Indian community because I didn't really have any other family yeah. in in the country at the time. And so it was really great to have this group of people that we just saw every week. And so those are like my cousins and my family. And then added bonus, uh, my grandparents came to live with us when I was about two. And so my grandmother, my grandfather passed away, but my grandmother was been in my life forever until oh, until she passed. So that was kind of a unique thing to have her always sort of there after school and, you know, helping to influence me as I grew up. I love that uniqueness of the community. Um, what a neat support system and um, cultural immersion. And tell me, I have to ask you, so your mom, your mom had an arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. Did you ever consider having an arranged marriage? Or was that ever in the conversation <laughs> with your parents? I think if we wanted to, I have an older yeah. sister. Um, yeah. And so a little bit, she came before me. So whatever she did, I got to kind of see oh, right. how things happened. But 
I think if we'd wanted to, they would have. And, and anymore, at least in my experience with my family and people I know, again, it's almost just like it was like the pre-dating app. Right. You know, right, it was right, just right, people right. trying to connect folks based on values and interests and <laughs> things like that. And so I think if we had wanted to say, hey, is there someone that you think would be good or do you want to look for us? They would. Um, and actually, my mom ended up introducing my sister to her husband just from someone she knew at work. And so, I mean, I guess we could call that like yeah. not arranged per se, but they were set up. Yeah. Yeah. They were I set love up. The pre dating app, yeah. arranged marriage. Yeah. I love that. Well, one of the things um, we talked about when I was doing your introduction was your vast educational background and experience. And you're clearly uh, a very bright, sharp woman. Plus, you're really fun on top of that. But besides that, you were in chemical engineering and then you're with a Fortune 500 company. Like, let's talk about that for a second. What what took you from point A to point B? Yeah, well, I was um, self-proclaimed nerd growing up. Loved math. Loved math and science. And, and my dad's an engineer. And so I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do with it, but I also had a really great chemistry teacher in high school that kind of took me under her wing. And so mm. when it came to the engineering and options, chemical engineering just kind of made sense. But I remember the first day of classes at the University of Illinois and all us chemies got together and they were like, how many of you actually know what a chemie does? Zero people raised their hands because none uh. of us actually knew. We were just sort of good at math and science and it made sense. And so, you know, I really loved it because I was good at it. I love the way of thinking. I am sort of a structured thinker. Mm -hmm. I love deriving equations. So it was right up my alley. Um, But then just from the career fair, I uh, found General Mills. And I didn't know what I was doing. Thankfully, I had a roommate who was in business. And so she kind of knew how to do a resume. And she had an interview suit, which I did not have, and then borrowed Uh. from her. And honestly, I just went for it. You know, I think some of my friends were like, let's do this interview thing. And so I did, and I got it. And then I loved it. And it just opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, I think being that sort of math, science, engineering person, you get labeled as not being very social Mm. or maybe not having great social skills. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I was very, very shy as a kid. So that Indian community I was mentioning, I was literally the youngest of everyone. Mm. And so I think I just always had all these people speaking for me or speaking to each other. And so I just kind of sat and did my thing and stayed quiet. And so coming to General Mills really helped sort of me step into my own and create an identity for myself. And I had to push myself to say hi in the hallway and meet new people and reach out to have meetings. But once I did, I realized I really liked it. I've heard you speak um, in different occasions and describe that. And that's so funny to me that you would describe yourself as shy. <laughs> it's like, are we talking about the same person here? You're a professor. You lecture in front of people all the time. But um, do you think one of the things that you just mentioned to me, I loved you describing how in high school that you had this teacher that took you under her wing. And that's really the purpose of women who succeed, right? Mm-hmm. Is so that young women can see a role model, can have a mentor or at least be listened to or heard or see someone like them that is um, interested in maths or science or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you find that happening at a university level? Do you have the the bandwidth to be able to take in young women the way that high school teacher took you in? Or is it just, it's too many 
you know, too many students and too massive? Yeah, I have a good question. I think for me, I'm very fortunate to ha teach classes that are pretty intimate and to keep them that way. Yeah. And so I do get to know the students pretty well. In fact, one of our students was just announced she uh, is a Rhodes Scholar this yes, year. Yes, I heard. Yeah. I know, I want to I talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, she's amazing, and she was one of our golf students, oh, and so, so she's a leader in our club, and I was looking, I actually was able, I honor, feel honored that she asked me to write a letter of reference for her Rhodes Scholarship. Oh my so gosh. when I found out she got it, I went back and read what I wrote. I was like, oh, hopefully this is good. I mean, I right? guess it was good enough, and my had my husband read it, and he said, do you really know your students this well? And I, I do. I mean, I can't say it's all of them because it's not a forced thing. I mean, yeah. I think we all know you yeah. make connections with people and sometimes they click and sometimes they're a slow burn and sometimes, you know, their relationship is better suited with someone else. But I found I, I do have that opportunity to do that. And it's part of what mm -hmm. makes it a really valuable career and really exciting and meaningful. And I know as a mom, you're one of the most dedicated mothers I've ever met. It's You're just like a a soulmate to me. When I hear you talk about your daughter, it just warms my heart so much because you're just so invested in her and her health and where what she's doing. And you seem extremely present. And every time I've talked to you since the very first conversations we started having last March, I think, um, I always remember that your your daughter was in the forefront, that mm -hmm. that was the priority. And scheduling meetings or phone calls or whatever, she always came first. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you to have another woman take her under their wing as she grows and into an adult woman? Mm -hmm. um, what do you hope or th would happen or what would it look like to have a teacher or a, someone to step forward mm -hmm. and say, I also want to help you find that path. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. I think we're all kind of doing the best we can and yeah. don't know, you know, so it's helpful to hear someone else say, yeah, no, I see that, I see you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think it, hearing you say that, the word that just came to my mind and the feeling was just sort of warmth and family and community. Mm -hmm. So I would welcome, you know, the opportunity for someone else to, to influence her. I mean, she already has you know, her aunts and her grandmothers and all these people around her mm -hmm. that are doing that and her teachers and everyone. And so I just think, feel really blessed that she would have that opportunity. And I think that she does. And I think that I also, even though she's seven, I see that she's doing that for her little friends already, mm -hmm. for her peers. She gets really excited about meeting with the younger pre-K kids. Yeah. And so... I think that's just a beautiful state of the world that we can support each other and help each other. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Just like her mama, kind of watching out for the next, <laughs> the next group. What do you think has been um, the most challenging part of you? You run the, the Golf Strategic Leadership Center. You lecture. You you're a professor. You guest speak. Um, you travel. What do you think the most challenging thing in your home life is? or how you mm -hmm. balance that with yeah. your family. Yeah, well, first of all, shout out to my husband. Yeah, let's Thanks, hear it, Tony. that male ally. Yeah, you know, I think from, <laughs> from the minute I met him, so we met doing a Habitat for Humanity trip in New Zealand. We were building a did. home. And, of course you did. <laughs> and uh, we, no, we didn't know each other, and we just got placed on the same build. And I distinctly remember one night him saying to me, 
you know, I bet other guys get intimidated by you. Mm. That's just really silly because they sh- what they should be doing is celebrating you. Mm. And, you know, he's like, I think that's like, why be intimidated by it? It's really awesome. Like, don't ever be shy about the things that you do. Don't ever be shy about your successes. And that was literally like week one of meeting this man. And, and so I think I just have that mindset at home of like, let's figure it out. Let's figure out how to do it. So it doesn't, I'm sure there are hard moments. I mean, getting a doctorate with the little one, but it didn't feel that way, I guess, because it was just, what do we need to do together mm-hmm. to make it, to make it happen? And if we need to adjust, we adjust. I mean, I think if you push me to think about what's hard for me is sometimes I don't, I feel like I'm good at helping other people elicit what they need. And I'm not good at always doing that for myself. But then even that, I sort of said to my husband, can you help me? Can you help me just take a minute sometimes and think about what do I need to do this weekend? Or Mm -hmm. do I need an extra, some alone time this week? Or do I need some time with a friend this week? Can you just help remind me to pause for a little minute? Because once I know what I want to do, I'm a pretty, like, I'll go figure it out kind of person. Yeah, for sure. But I just, uh, my natural tendency is that little bit of that human giver syndrome is to think about other people. And I don't feel like it's burdened my life. I don't feel like I don't think about myself. It's just something I need a little extra help with sometimes. Sure. Well, you know, when you describe yourself, I'm sitting here just in awe thinking this woman is brilliant and engaging, community oriented, has a beautiful relationship with her family. She's got it together. Is there a fear or a challenge that you struggle with that young women might be able to be like, okay, so perfection is not really everything. Like there is some, there is some doubt or some fears that cross Ruchi's mind. Yeah. I mean, I'm human, right? And so I think perfectionism has probably been Mm. a thing and wanting to always, um, but not, not because I felt like I had all together for everyone else. I think, you know, I'm, I'm self-aware to know that I'm someone that just really wants to achieve and be valuable. Like, yeah. that's what I want in life. That is my purpose, is to sort of help others to achieve their full potential and just be valuable on this earth. And so I think sometimes that comes to my mind is, am I doing enough? Am I going to leave a legacy? I'm going to make, make things better. Mm. And um, so that comes up. I think just everyday self-doubts I mean as a mother, as a faculty member. I mean, is it enough? Is it enough? Am I enough? You know? And so I think that, but I don't see that as a bad thing. I just see it as a human thing. Right. Like who's walking around thinking that every little thing they do is perfect. I'm not sure. So I guess I would say like, it's okay. We're not supposed to be all on 100% glassy. So like social media presence. Right. Selves all the time. That's just not real. So this is all like great and I, I feel proud of the things that I have done, but I also feel proud of the times that I've stumbled and gotten back up. I just think it's very real to be that way. That's so authentic and so you to, to recognize that. I like the, especially for the kind of life lessons for any young women and women who may be hearing our podcast is, um, you know, is it enough? And then when you fail and stumble, get back up. Yeah. And try again. Yeah. And have the people around you that go, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Sit in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to get back up 
today, right now, tomorrow, it's okay sometimes to just be like, that wasn't cool. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. Yeah. I think just being okay that you can be in that state and you don't have to, you don't have to put on like being successful or being whatever doesn't mean putting on a happy face or always getting to that acceptance place. It's also just being okay with not being okay. I find that if I am having, if I'm in a place where um, it could be home or work where I'm um, in kind of on the fringe of angry, like agitated, like ir I'm irritable, I'm driven, I've got a project due, I've got a deadline, I'm trying to get through this, I'm not being super soft and happy. I'm not being mean to people, but I'm just, gotta, I gotta get this done, or I, yeah. you know. Um, I find that that is hard for people, I think, because they look at me as a woman. Like, right. shouldn't you just, just be happy? You should be just happy that you have this. Be satisfied that you have this job or be happy that you're in this. And it's not that I'm not, yep. but I think it gets misinterpreted or or maybe not misinterpreted, but maybe that people, it's not accepted that right. women can be have off days yeah. and we don't yeah. need to be perky happy all the time. Right. And I think that's yeah. kind of a societal thing. And the research kind of shows that as well, right? That women need to be communal and they need to sort of be sort of that mom figure mm -hmm. all the time. And that's a lot of pressure. And I even think about that. And I do that with my daughter too, when I'm like, oop, that, that was probably a little short. Yeah. I probably could have said that a little bit better. Yeah. But then know that she needs to see that. Right. She needs to feel okay with being angry or being yeah. frustrated right. or working through it and needs to see that there's a healthy way to do that. But if I was all, you know, perfectly pleasant, positive parenting all the time, right. that's just not real either. And so, you know, it's not that I don't have those moments of, oh, I wish I didn't act that way, or I yeah. wish I didn't yeah. do that, or right. I wish I wasn't frustrated, or I haven't had enough sleep or whatever. But I think I always come back around to like, okay. Doing the best I can. Yep. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here today because... Well, even the short time that we've had, what you've covered, like the, the spectrum of the themes that keep coming back to me is the critical nature of loving your family, prioritizing them, and loving yourself and prioritizing them. Like Absolutely. it's just you, everything that you described about your growing up and your transition and then um, with your family. We didn't get a chance to get into kind of the academia part. We'll have to do another podcast and get into that. but. I really enjoyed hearing more of this personal side of you today. Thanks so much, Erin. Appreciate welcome. the opportunity. Thanks for everything you're doing. My pleasure. That is it. Thank you for joining us with Ruchi Watson from um, our We Hear Her podcast for women who succeed. See you next time. Thank you for taking time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more at womenwhosucceed.org. A big thank you to our sponsor, the Clark and Christine Ivory Foundation.